Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Monday, January 25th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host on this beautiful Monday morning here in Toronto, uh, Monday afternoon over there in Netherlands, Mr. Marcel Dorf. Marcel, how's it going, man? I'm going well, going well man. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm, glad to... I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Great glad part of the weekend. Yeah, I'm glad you're For here, sure, man. man. I'm glad you're here, man, because, you know, like, again, you love the sport just as much as me. Hey, what city do you live in, man? You live in, like, uh, Rotterdam or something, or? Maastricht. Maastricht is, like, the most, almost most south part of the Netherlands. It's close to the border against Belgium. I have, like, five minutes to walk. I'm in Belgium. So, uh, it's, like, it's, like, two and a half hour drive from Amsterdam, for example. This is we always start the or the uh, the podcast with the obituaries. So Kevin Scott says, "Let's take a moment of silence for Amanda Rivas and Herb Dean for whatever he is doing." <laughs> we'll talk about that fight in a few minutes. That's a funny comment, Kevin. But uh, overall, Marcel, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get right into the card now. I mean, it was an incredible card. I thought um, as far as picks go, I went six and five. Did you go six and five too? I think Same. you did. Yeah. I didn't see anyone have a good night. I'll be honest. There's no better. <laughs> I saw everyone lost money on this card. 98% of the money was on Conor McGregor to win the main event, Marcel. I didn't see too many people with Poirier. You know, I talked on the podcast last week. I said, don't bet on McGregor at minus 300. I just thought the line was too high. I thought Poirier had a chance. I mean, I didn't expect him to brutalize uh, Conor the way he did. I thought, I think the fight went easier than I expect anyone could have expected. Like, it really wasn't that tough of a fight for him. But uh, in general, man, like, it was. I didn't see too many people picking him. There was only one guy at Oddsbreaker that had Poirier, Marcel. Like, no one did great there was a lot of upsets on this card um let's get right into it man um we'll get these comments quickly lea says big marcel's the goat yes we know that and uh, valerie hey mm-hmm. valerie marcel what a card i agree okay so let's talk about the first or actually sorry the main event we'll work our way down as always main event of the evening marcel dustin Poirier knocks out conrader in the second round they're calling it a tko dude this is a knockout he was out cold. <laughs> yeah i said that what, TKO. I saw John McCarthy saying, "Well, if the guy's not knocked out, it's a KO." But someone posted the GIF, like Connor's sleeping, basically. Yeah. So to me, it's a legitimate KO. There, I have a lot of thoughts about this fight. My first thought is uh, amazing performance by Dustin. I mean, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He is one of the greatest guys in the sport. This is a guy that you know is constantly do, helping charitable foundations. Like he's giving t- his time and money to charity all the time. Marcel, he's a guy that clearly cares about the community. So I love the guy. He's an amazing fighter. You look at his resume, McGregor, Holloway, Pettis, Alvarez, Gaethje. I mean, his resume is a Hall of Fame resume. So amazing performance by him. I'm just really surprised how many fans are making excuses for Conor McGregor in this fight. He got his ass kicked, guys. He got his ass kicked. He lost fair and square. The amount of people I've seen Marcel messaging me saying, well, if he didn't hurt his leg, he would have won the fight. Or, you know, if he, if he didn't wrestle him and throw that part of the, the game plan and show that wrinkle, he would have knocked him out. These people don't realize it's a, it's MMA match, Marcelo. Why are so many uh, Connor defenders? The guy's a grown up. He can do what he wants. He, he he's in there. He's defending himself. He's fighting. He's doing what he wants. He doesn't need fans to defend the guy. Um, to me, it's it's pretty sad that people are trying to take away from Poirier's win. He won 100 clean. Those kicks were nasty. He didn't check the kicks. It's his fault. And the knockout was clean too. Uh, I think it's an amazing win for Dustin Poirier. I think more people need to give him respect, Marcel, and enough excuses for Conor McGregor. He's a grown man. Everything he does is an excuse. He punches a guy in the bar, Marcel. There's an excuse. You know, he's he, he's in the he's in the news for uh, um, uh, sexual assault. There's people excusing that, saying, "Oh, leave him alone. He's a fighter. You don't you don't need to care what he's do- doing in his personal life." Enough of the excuses for the guy. You know what I mean, Marcel? He's a grown man. He's got three kids. He's he's got a fiance. He's a he's a millionaire. He can do this on his own, guys. He doesn't need people defending him. 
This was a great knockout for Poirier. Celebrate it. Don't defend Connor and his antics. I want your thoughts on everything, Marcel, as far as his fight goes, Connor, everything. The floor is yours, my man. Yeah, let's start with that KOTKO thing, man. I said it immediately to my, to a friend of mine. I was like, listen, man, this is a clear KO. This is not a TKO. And it's like they try to downgrade it, you know, by the UFC. There's always when somebody they're really high on, they don't want to lose, then it's out of a sudden it's a TKO. But if it's somebody they're high on, for example, I think if Connor was the one uh, giving it to Poirier and Poirier was the one receiving it, it would have been a KO. You know what I mean? So... Mm, kind of fishy to me, but for me, it's a KO. I also put it on my website as a KO. Um, yeah, he he agrees as well. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious. Uh, about the fight, I think Connor did pretty well in the first round, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, he won right? the first round. He won yeah. the first round, yeah. He did, he did pretty well. He tacked Dustin a few times, you know, and uh, but for yeah, man, the, the leg kicks made the difference. And at a certain moment, uh, Connor had very much uh, difficulties to... Uh, to to uh, get more, how do you say, to put more weight on that leg, you know, and he, he got not balanced anymore very well, and uh, Poirier landed on him, and yeah, he 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 knocked him out. So good for Poirier. Uh, about the apologist on on the internet, it's all damn time, man. It's also in the Netherlands over here. I mean, it, it's the thing with uh, Sean O'Malley as well, man. You know, when uh, Vera uh, hit hit that uh, on his knee, and then he was like, they were he was lucky. It's just I, I I don't I never get that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, then I see some people saying like. Uh, I don't like uh, people trashing Connor and this and kind of stuff, but we should be uh, having it as a professional uh, take. I will never trash fighters on the internet. It's not my style. It's not my thing, what I do. But on the other hand, I mean, what did Connor do for years to other fighters? And those same Connor fans who are now complaining that Connor gets trashed by some fans, those are the same fans who trash all the other fighters, you know? So I'm like, just shut up. I don't do it, but it's just annoying to me. Um, yeah, but the great win for Poirier, man. Of course, mm -hmm. I agree with you. He has a great wins on his on his resume. Uh, he should fight for the title next. You know, uh, I don't think Khabib comes back. Isn't it funny to you, man, that Dana has like for one week, two weeks, like Khabib is might coming back. He's might coming back, and then out of a sudden, Poirier wins, and he's like, "Yeah, Khabib said to me he's not really looking into getting good, so he's probably not coming back." I was like, "Dude, you are really." thinking that Connor would absolutely win and you wanted to have that fight. Even at, I don't know if you saw the Looking for the Fight episode yeah. where it's like to Poirier or to uh, Khabib like, you know how many buys that would do or this and, this and that and Khabib was looking like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> so it's like... He doesn't need to fight anymore. The thing no, exactly. Is, there was an article a few uh, months ago, Forbes I think, posted an article about how much money he makes for speaking arrangements. Like he gets paid six figures, Marcel, just to speak in front of these people in Russia. So... I posted the article and actually Ali Abdelaziz messaged me and he's like, he actually makes more money than they reported. So he's making like probably seven figures a year just talking, Marcel. He doesn't have to fight. So, I mean, for him, it's like, you know, at this point, I actually thought he was done already. I thought the GSP fight was the only fight he'd come back for. I never thought the Connor fight was interesting because he's all about respect, Marcel. He said many times, Connor doesn't deserve this fight. He hasn't did anything to prove it. He doesn't deserve it at all. Not only that, Marcel... Connor does not deserve an immediate trilogy fight. Um, so a lot of people saying Dustin should fight Connor a third time now. No, this fight wasn't close, guys. If it was a close, if it was like the Nate Diaz fight, the second one, Marcel, where it went the distance and it was super close, majority decision. Sure, this was a this was a blowout, guys. I'm sorry. Yes, Connor did well for five minutes. Who cares? How many fights have we seen in the past, Marcel, where a guy does well for five minutes in the first round? 
Why does Connor get more leniency than any other fighter? I understand he's a superstar, but he got let's, his ass kicked. He got knocked talk, out. Let's talk about Henry Cejudo against Marlon Moraes. Yeah. Remember that first round? He got his ass kicked and then uh, <laughs> Cejudo, and then he, he weathered the storm and came back and, exactly. and won. Yeah. I know what you're saying. But it, again, the point is, like, lots of guys have did well for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Not even in title fights, just non-title fights, more so like this one. So to me, it's like, yeah, he is uh, – He's great. I still think Connor is going to be, you know, in line for a big fight. But I think there's other good fights for him. Now, let's talk about Poirier. We'll do both guys. We'll we'll do Poirier first. Elie says Poirier Oliveira, and I agree with you, sir. I do think that's the fight to make, and I'll tell you why. Because Oliveira deserves a hell shot more than anyone. I love Michael Chandler. I picked him, Marcel. I thought he'd win this fight. I love the guy. He doesn't deserve to break the line ahead of Oliveira. How does getting one win beat out eight wins? Not only that, but Oliveira just beat Tony Ferguson. 30-24. Like, he dominated Tony Ferguson, the former number contender. Dan Hooker's a good fighter. Dan, I never thought Dan Hooker was an elite guy. I'll be honest with you. I thought he was a good top 10 guy, but not an elite guy. He showed that yesterday. He, I don't know what he was doing in that fight. We'll talk about him in a second. But for me, Corey Oliveira, the problem is, does that fight sell? I don't know. And I don't know if the UFC wants to do it. That's why when I saw Nate Diaz post yesterday, Marcel, now I'm thinking maybe they'll try doing the Nate Diaz fight just because of the money aspect of it. Um, it's, it's hard to say, man, but if it was me, Marcel, if I was the matchmaker, I would do the Oliver fight, but I think Dana White might say, Hey, I don't think that fight's going to sell guys. We need another fight. What's your thoughts, man? What's next for you? I mean, it should be Oliveira, man. I mean, Chandler, he, he did well, but based on the win over Dan Hooker, you don't deserve a title shot, in my opinion. Um, and I agree with you on Dan Hooker. I said it last time, man, since uh, he's training uh, with Volkanovski being a champion and Israel being a champion, he thinks he's that elite guy as well, but I don't think he is. He's a good fighter, don't get me wrong, top 10, but I don't see him making any run to a title soon. Uh, I picked him to win against Chandler, but was a coin flip, I said last week as well, so um, I have no shame there, um, you know, but um, I mean, Poirier against Diaz, do it, but not for a title. Uh, Diaz doesn't need to fight for a title right now, and I agree with you that it might sell better than Poirier against Oliveira, but like I always say to you, man, if you think a fight doesn't sell, put it at the co-main event and put a main event that does sell, you know, and... Uh, but keep yeah. the legitimacy, legitimacy of the sport intact, you know. We don't need to have Nate, Nate Diaz can come back, but not fight for a title at this moment. I'm Nate Diaz fan. I'm also a Nick Diaz fan, but they shouldn't fight for a title right now. And for Connor, um, I think honestly, Connor against Nate Diaz would make lots of sense, lots of sense right now. It's not for a title. You can make it the main event, five rounds, third fight, would be perfect. So uh sure. yeah. Yeah, I'd watch. I'd watch Connor made three. I think that makes a lot of sense too. Again, I don't think that Connor deserves a title shot or a fight with Dustin if, if it's for a title or not. He doesn't deserve the third fight yet. I realize he won the fight seven years ago. It's a different time now. Let him get another win under his belt. You know, Connor hasn't fought much lately, Marcel. The last four or five years, he's fought maybe once a year, not even once a year, once every two years. So he needs to get a little bit more time under his belt, in my opinion. I'd like to see him fight Nate. I think that'd be a fun fight. I think Tony Ferguson would be a good fight for Connor as well. I think that'd be a great fight. They have a, some bad blood from former uh, same management, obviously. So I think that that'd be a good fight as well. Um, also, Justin Gaethje, especially after seeing the way that uh, the kicks hurt Connor really bad in this fight. I think Gaethje, that's a really interesting fight. I always thought it was. So to me, those are the fights for Connor now. Dana's got to be pissed that his boy lost. You can tell, Marcel. But dude, this is the fight game, man. There's a winner and a loser. In this case, Connor lost. He got knocked out. Uh 
And I want to get this comment quickly. Yeah. Mark Valerie says she'd like to see Connor Hallway rematch. I I wouldn't mind that fight. I just think Max is going to stay at 145 for a while. What were you going to say, Marcel? Yeah, and let's be from the start. Dana was never in this fight, you know. Connor and Dustin made this fight in December to fight each other for for a good cause, for, for Dustin's good cause, you know. And then out of a sudden, Dana came into it and he's like, no, you're not going to fight outside the UFC, you're going to be inside the UFC. And then he's like, yeah, we always make the fight the fans want. And I was like, dude, you didn't really want to this to have, to have this fight. These two made yep. this fight. They agreed on this fight outside of you. And then it was easy for you to make this fight because both guys wanted this fight. Yeah. No, you're, you're obviously right. Um, anyway, anything else you want to say about this main event? Or you want to move on to co-main now? Anything else? No, let's go to co-main. Michael Chandler knocks out Dan Hooker in the first round. I mean, beautiful performance. Uh, just had that left hand cock the whole time or so. Dan Hooker, what a bizarre performance. Like he just circled around. He didn't engage. He looked, he looked like he froze in the fight. It was really bizarre. I, I don't know. Like Dan Hooker is usually a guy who's extremely uh, aggressive, walks forward. It was the opposite in this fight. I'm wondering, you know, the fight with Poirier took a lot out of him, man. Did he take a lot of damage? Is his chin cracked out permanently? It's possible. I did pick Chandler by knockout, guys. I thought he'd go to the body a little bit because we saw the Barboza fight a few years ago. That's why we heard him. He went right to the chin. Right, actually, I think he went to the body first and then dipped up and went to the chin with the left hook, put him out. It was an incredible knockout. Um, I still don't think he gets him a title shot, though. And don't get me wrong. He's on a nice streak. Three-fight win streak. Benson Henderson sitting the outlaw. And now Dan Hooker, all by knockout, Marcel, in the first round. Great wins. But... Eight wins in a row by Oliver. To me, that surpasses what he's did. So just thoughts on Chandler. It was, it was a great debut, no doubt about it. 100% great debut, man. I didn't expect it to go this way, to be honest. Um, I mean, yeah, I actually said it just uh, five minutes ago, man. I don't think Hooker is elite, you know. And uh, Chandler, I didn't think he was – he's good, you know, when he comes to Bellator. But he has to prove he's the elite in the UFC yet. And um, this is a good start. I want to see him fight. Let them fight Gaethje, man. Would be perfect. Chandler yeah, that's what this Gaethje. guy saying. Bilbo, Faskins, Fatskins. That's exactly what I said, too. I said on Twitter right after the fight. I was like, do you all of Poirier, Chandler, Gaethje, number one contender? Same fight, co-main event, same card, right? Yeah, definitely, man. Plus, the thing is, if Chandler came as a champion from Bellator, it would have been different for me as well. But uh, he lost to, Pat to Patricio Pitbull, you know? If Patricio Pitbull comes to the UFC and he doesn't get an immediate title shot, but he wins his first fight, I have no problem with him getting a title shot. It's just different to me, man. I agree. Here, this is a funny comment from Marcus. He says, Dan Hooker's body language early in the fight had me guessing – Second guessing him. Uh, the Adam Martin special failed me. So the Adam <laughs> Martin special is the height and reach advantage because I'm tall and long. I'm 6'3 and I have a 78 inch reach. So I have a pretty long reach, actually. I did measure myself. Um, so it's pretty long. But in general, like I like the guys that are taller and longer, Marcel. Uh, but not every time. And in this time, I actually picked Chandler despite the reach disadvantage because of the power, the explosiveness, the athleticism. Right. By the way, I got to talk about, we'll just talk about this now. I had it in the news section, but. The backflip. Dana White freaked out <laughs> after he scolded him, saying, "I don't want." He's like, "Someone's gonna get fucking hurt doing this." It sounds like my dad or something saying it, man. Um, I think they'll ban them, Marcel, because they are banned in some places like Vegas. They don't allow them. Like Justin Gaethje did it, and he got in trouble. Mm -hmm. I think they might do a UFC ban on them just because they are very dangerous. I don't think anyone's broke their neck, but do you remember when Johnny Walker did the worm? He hurt his shoulder. They yeah. don't want guys doing this because they invest a lot of money in these guys. They invested a lot of money, in Michael Chandler. Just say he broke his neck or his spine or his ankle or anything. Then we'd be like, what the hell did you do that for? So do you think they'll ban those uh, the backflips? Yeah, they can ban it, but if fighters are in the moment and <laughs> adrenaline rush, they're going to do it anyways probably. Exactly. So yeah. I, I don't know. Listen, man, you can find them for it, you know. I mean, if they're going to ban it, 
and they do it, they will probably find them for it. But uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I saw once there was a, a Chinese or a Japanese guy in another promotion. He did that as well, and he he felt on his shoulder or something, and then he couldn't stand anymore. He was like limping the whole damn time. So oh, I can't remember what fight that was. I think I know the one you're talking about too. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is dangerous. I mean, I can't do it. I would, dude. If I can do it back from the top to top. <laughs> <laughs> like I grew up watching, I grew up watching wrestling and stuff. So yeah. like I was used to seeing guys doing like you know shooting star press and all this stuff. Like uh, like whatever that they do from the top of the turnbuckle. It, when I started seeing an MMA, I was like, that's pretty cool. But I gotta be honest, man. Like it's 2021. I think we should know a little better by now. Like it's fun to watch ourselves. But yeah. if the first fight, let's say he broke his ankle. Just say he broke his ankle. Then. Yeah. You know, man, so I'm, I, not, I'm not even doing a front flip, man. Why should I do a back flip, man? <laughs> I know. Okay, um, we'll go to the next fight. Uh, we'll go through this one quickly. It wasn't the most exciting fight, but Joanne Calderwood picks up a very dominant decision win over uh, Jessica. I, I, I think we both, I had Calderwood, you had Calderwood. I don't think too many people had eye in this fight, right? I guess Calderwood won. I saw the first three minutes of the first round and the last three minutes of the third round. I fell asleep in between, so yep. I'm not going to lie about it. That's also why I didn't score the card or the fight. So, uh, But uh, Calderwood was better in those six minutes I saw, so I guess. Yeah, it was whatever. But, you know, like she's not that far from a title shot. I was looking at the rankings. Like She's probably one win away. Uh, looking at the rankings, maybe someone like uh, Kaylin Chikagin would be a good fight, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, they might have fought before. I can't remember. Have they fought? Maybe not. Don't think so, no. Um, no, they haven't. So, actually, no, they have. What am I talking about? They did fight Marcel in uh, Chicago on the Sakudo Marias card, which you brought up earlier today. They fought on that card, so she has fought her. But there was one other person that there was one other person on the rankings ahead of her that I thought was a good fight. Uh, who was it? Rematch against Cynthia, maybe it was Lauren Murphy. That was the other fight that I thought would be a good one, too. Or you could do the um, the, the Maya fight again, too, maybe because I think the Maya fight was kind of weird the way it happened. Took it on short notice, Maya, and different opponents she was training for. We'll see. But, I mean, if she wins again, then you're screwing away a contender in a, in a way. Like, you're killing a contender, I should say. Ellie says, Marcel, do you know why I quit this not fighting? I want to save these kind of questions until at the end, man, if you don't mind. But you can answer this one if you want. You know yeah, why. for sure. I, I know he has a fight lined up. Injured, but, right? I thought he was injured. No, he got he got a fight lined up, but okay. uh, I, I haven't been that. able to. I haven't been able to confirm it yet. So, is but it a top fifteen a... opponent? Can we say that? Is it a top Sorry? fifteen? Top yeah. fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So you guys can look at the rankings. I mean, I would. I mean, I'm not even looking at them right now, but I'm guessing like Diego Ferrero would be a good fight. Like, I don't know. I want to try. Like, let's keep asking Marcel, and maybe we'll see his eyes, and maybe he'll blink or something. <laughs> when we, I'm just kidding, Marcel. I won't do that to you. Um. We got this comment here from Bill Will. He says, thought JoJo Beach game. Yeah, it was a close fight. Uh, next up, another guy I'm really high on. I had, I had him here. He was an underdog, I think, last week when I picked him. Macman Murdoff knocks out Andrew Sanchez. This guy's ridiculously good. 14 straight wins, Marcel. Why is this guy being slept on? Why do people think Andrew Sanchez would be? He destroyed him. This fight wasn't close. How good is this guy? He's very good, man. And the funny thing is when uh, he took a short notice fight against uh, Kevin Holland or the other way around, people were very high on Holland. And I was very high on Moradov in that fight. It's like a half a year ago, I think. Yep. And uh, the fight didn't uh, didn't happen, unfortunately. But, uh, man, I, I know Holland got a fight lined up against Derek Brunson, but I love down the line. I love to see that fight getting rebooked against Moradov against Holland because I think Holland will be a big favorite. And... Uh, I think uh, Muradov uh, has definitely has a chance to win that fight, man. Muradov's really good. He's not. He is signed by uh, by Floyd Mayweather, man. He's the only MMA fighter signed by Floyd Mayweather's management. And yep. I mean, if you get signed by that management, they probably see something big in you. I think and uh, deservedly at this moment so far, man. In my opinion. 
Yeah, I really like him. He's actually been a pro since 2012, so he's been fighting a long time as a professional. Um, again, you know, he's blessed with physical talent, six foot two, 75-inch reach, Marcel, 185 pounds. So I really like the guy. And like you said, he's got Floyd Mayweather's team backing him. So when he becomes a star, they'll be backing him like crazy. And I think he can become a star for like a year, especially for these European fight night cards. He's a guy that could be potentially headlining a card, Marcel, I think, maybe in the next year or so. But Again, you know, this is a good step up for him, and he got the win. Um, and then opening up the main card, another big upset, Marcel. Amanda Rebus gets knocked out by Marina Rodriguez. I mean, pretty surprising result here, in my opinion. Listen, I thought the line was a little too high for this one, too. Uh, Rodriguez is someone that I think is a very good fighter. She had some nice performances. that And fights that could have went either way. Like, I thought she beat Carlos Barza. I think a lot of people thought she might have beat Cynthia, too, a little bit. So, um, you know, to me, she's actually a very good underrated fighter. And I thought the line at minus 350 or whatever it was was a little too high. At the same time, though, it was really hard to pick against Amanda. Of course, I picked her. Everyone did, I think. Just because of the win streak she had. She had quality wins. It wasn't even the page win. It was the one over Mackenzie Dern that I was like, this girl's really good. But having said that, Marcel, I have seen her fight in Jungle Fight where she got knocked out Vienna. I have seen her get knocked out. So I knew it was possible. I just didn't think it happened in this fight. Against someone in Rodriguez who hadn't showed any sort of power during her UFC career. Um, in fact, that was her first knockout in three years. So that was a surprising win. What were your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, man, I expected the rebounds to uh, implement her ground game. You know what she did in the first round. And you saw Re uh, Rodriguez had a busy guard, but she couldn't really um, couldn't do really anything about uh, Rebus's ground game, you know? And I expected her to, to do that in the second round as well, but she did it. She got tagged. Uh, Herb Dean... He was kind of, he didn't know really what he had to do, if he had to stop it or not. Um, then it got stopped for the second time, pretty much. Now, he, he didn't stop it the first time, but it was really uh, confusing what happened. Yeah, good, good one for, for Rodriguez, man. She's good. She's We know she's a good stand-up fighter. Uh, her ground game is, listen, man, if she get, comes to, a, if she finds a wrestler, she's in trouble, man. We saw that before. But uh, her stand-up game is really good, man. And props to her. She was a big underdog, like you said. And you know what? She, it's another example of a fighter. And I don't like I don't love the rankings, don't get me wrong. But I've noticed so many times where the guy the guy or girl that's ranked higher in the underdog, they come through with the win a lot of times. Poirier, Rodriguez, like it happens really often. So that's something that's a kind of a, something to keep in mind on um, your mind on guys if you're betting on the sport. To take a small look at the rankings to see if the underdog is actually the higher-ranked fighter because I've noticed they often win. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, man, but uh, yeah, I agree with you there. That's yeah, weird. I I've noticed that a little bit yeah. lately, actually, yeah. But, hey, man, got to say, man, I just people's like, is the hype with Amanda Hibas over? I don't know. I don't mm. know if that's really hype, you know? I, I, I think she's hype. legit. There, yeah, there's definitely, there are definitely people who, who pick her because they like her, you know? But, um, it's not the like, man. There's so much like about her. Yeah, right? definitely. But there's also lo lots of skill, you know? So it's not only hype, there's skill as well. So I don't, wouldn't say, like, um, the hype is over because she lost, but yeah, I mean, for some people maybe, but the, she got legit skill, man. But uh, she she fought against Marina Rodriguez, was also very skilled. So two skilled fighters, two Brazilians fought very hard, uh, and the best girl won, man, last last uh, Saturday. So props to Rodriguez for that coming out as an underdog, winning. Yeah, yeah and again, that's a fight where I didn't see too many people picking Rodriguez, a couple, but not too many. Same. Yeah. Um, going to the prelims now, Marcel. We'll get to that fight that you want to talk about in a sec with me. But uh, <laughs> now, this fight between Armin Chastuki and Matt Frevel, I might as well talk about the whole Ottoman Azatar situation. So he got pulled from the fight. Da okay, this whole situation is so, so crazy and so sketchy, kind of, in my opinion. Dana White says that Azatar, I don't know if it was his whole team or just him, but he cut off his wristband. Another guy had took the wristband, climbed into or went into the hotel, and then climbed across four balconies with some bag, dropped the bag off. 
Dana White's not talking about the bag. He doesn't say what's in it. Now, it's okay. We're, we're going to speculate. Why not? Let's have some fun. Let's talk about what's in the bag. So, have you seen the movie Pulp Fiction before? You ever seen the movie Pulp Fiction? A long time ago. Okay, but do you remember yeah, before yeah. they look into the briefcase and the gold that you see the gold shining out? Yeah, That's yeah, kind yeah. of what it reminded me of. So, that. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, it must be that. I'm kidding, though. You know what I think it was? I think it was diuretics for a weight cut. And I'll tell you why. Because the pictures of him that cutting weight, they looked horrible. It looked like he was on his deathbed. Then this happened. So I think maybe some guy was sneaking in some direct theoretics or something. That's completely just me guessing. But at this point, we can guess on anything. It could have been anything. Dude, yeah. I'd be scared. Like, if you're the UFC and the security there, you think the guy might have a bomb or something. Really, it could be anything, right? Like, it's scary. <laughs> when you heard the story, what, okay, what do you think's in the bag? What do you think of the story? <laughs> when I think of the story is that I wasn't surprised that something like that happened with Azhaitar. Uh, when what was in the bag, I have no idea, man. I mean... Um, I really have no idea, you know, but uh, there's some sketchy things going on with Asaitar all the time in, in Germany when he fought there. So I, 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 I'm not surprised, but um, it, it pretty much sucks, man, because he had such a, he had two great fights in the UFC, two, two six, six stoppages, you know. Dude, it reminds Kakao me when, and, they, when they cut Paul Daly 10 years ago because yeah. he was such a talented guy and he, had, he fucked up. He punched Kochuk after the belt. Mm. I still think that was kind of like extreme though i mean we've seen guys get punched off the bell before that they kept around it's the damn only thing dana kept his promise for not giving somebody a second chance or getting him back yeah. i mean uh, for why i have no idea honestly yeah. because uh, he apologized for that like a trazillion times yeah. but um yeah that was, know, that was weird yeah, yeah i know I, also jason high too i think he pushed a ref at one point and he got yeah Hall, he got, I think, but yeah. that's it dana white usually changes his mind we get these comments here. Daniel Edwards. If Marcel doesn't go off on a fight, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like on the stream when you disappoint. You better go off on someone, Marcel. We'll, we're getting to the really bad fights in the card too, by the way. So right. I know what was in the bag. I'll be all tight if I snitch. I'll cut your hands off. Let's go to the next. Oh yeah, sorry. So Tartukian and Fravola. We didn't even talk about the fight. It was pretty yeah. much just him dominated. I mean, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was he was minus seven hundred. The betting line was a joke. So I feel bad for Fravola because. You know, he kind of got a way tougher fight in the last second. Definitely, yeah. That's 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 the sport, man. You got to take it, take uh, what you can get. Be it was either that or he didn't fight and get paid. What were you gonna say? Yeah, because stylistically, man, as I thought, doesn't really as a tread on the ground, in my opinion, is really on the feet. And Sarukian is a very good wrestler, man. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's completely different opponent. I guess, yeah, you're right. So yeah, I like Tarsuki though, man. I really do like this kid. He is uh, three and one. I'd like to see him get a top 15 guy. We'll see if he can get that type of opponent next. Okay, now let's get to this fight. Now, there's a there's a few things I want to talk about this one. Brad Tavares, Antonio Carlos Jr. It was a terrible fight. It was a boring fight. It was just Carlos pressing Tavares against the fence. From what I saw, I didn't see Tavares doing much. I just saw him getting pressed against the fence. I saw Carlos at least doing something. That's what I saw. I looked at the stats. The, the, strike, the strikes were tied in the first round, which I thought that Carlos edged it. The second round, Tavares clearly won. He, he dropped in the third round. Dude, listen, I was probably one of the only people that thought Junior may have won this fight. Obviously, I was wrong because 99% of people thought otherwise. So I'll, I'll accept that. It was a bad scorecard by me. Now, at the same time, and I, I totally understand that there's criticism that goes with posting scorecards online. I'm totally fine with it. I welcome it. I'm totally fine if people want to talk about the scorecards in the chat here or on Twitter. Anything, really. That's fine. The problem was there was a, there was a few things. It's a Conor McGregor fight night, so you got a lot more trolls out. You got a lot more people who are drinking out. Um, I posted my scorecard, and again, it was a bad scorecard. I apologize. I'll watch the fight again at some point. I don't want to watch the fight again myself. But here's the thing, guys. I'm in a different place in my life now than it used to be. So um, 
I've been doing the scoring and MMA decisions on and off for 10 years. So if you look back at fights from like 10 years ago, you'll see my name on there. So I've been doing it on and off for 10 years. I'm an excellent judge. I would easily get a judging license if I, if I wanted to, but I, I'm a journalist. You can't. You can't judge and journal. So it's one or the other. You can't be a judge, bet on fights, and then write about fights. You can't. So there's a conflict of interest. But I did like doing it as a service to the community to get my scorecard out there, to get my, my scorecards out there. So a few months ago, I talked to MMA surgeons. I said, hey, man, can I come back and, and do some scoring for BG Japan? He's like, yeah, of course. So I thought it was a good idea. And you know, I knew that there would be some uh, people that are upset when you post a certain scorecard, which is totally understandable. The difference this time was more so, it wasn't people criticizing me, which again, I'm, I'm actually fine with and I welcome it. It was just abuse. And I don't need to be abused to, to do something I'm volunteering to do. Guys like me and Marcel, we volunteer during our Saturday nights to put our scores on the internet. I see your, your comments, Marcel, too. You do get a lot of shit on. This was a little different for me, Marcel, because generally I have a very, uh, just very mellow timeline. I follow people that are really chill. I follow people that are smart and they can engage in the sport in a very uh, you know, intelligent discussion. I don't really follow people that are trolls. That's why I was, this was different for me because it wasn't just random people, Marcel. It was actually some people that followed me for a while that went after me which shocked me. So for me, it was really disgusting, but I talked about it on Twitter, you know, and I, I don't like making these stories about myself, but at the end of the day, Marcel, I enjoyed doing the scores, but for me, it was like, I was taking time out of my night doing something that wasn't benefiting me. And the, the cons were actually outweighing the pros. If I was getting paid to do it as part of my job, I would continue to do it. So if there's a website that's like, Hey, we want you to do play by play and score the fights. Okay. I'll do that. But taking time out of my night to be shit on and abused by trolls. And this is abusing. I don't need that, man. I don't need that. I work really fucking hard. Um, I'm a really nice guy to everyone. I don't need to be abused. I'm nice to everyone, Marcel. You don't ever see me attack people on Twitter, ever. So people going after me was pretty shocking, but I'll, I'll gotta, I got to say, man, I had so many people reach out to me privately and were like, dude, you are a great guy. Don't worry about these people. So I appreciate everyone who did reach out. I know you, Marcel, you were the first guy to reach out, so I appreciate it. It's not me quitting. I, I wasn't getting paid to do this. <laughs> if I got paid... Yes, that's quitting your job. I wasn't getting paid. I was volunteering to do it. So in case anyone's wondering, that's really what happened. I just decided, you know what? And I was thinking about this for a while. My fiance and I watch the fights every night. She's pregnant right now. I need to give her a little bit more attention. So I think it actually works out in a way, Marcel, because the truth is, man, I'd rather talk to her than some idiots on the internet. That's the truth. So um, it is what it is. But some good people ruined, I think, what was a good thing. But at the same time, there's great people like Marcel still doing scores. And uh, that's what I was going to say, Marcel, about that. But uh, again, I take full responsibility if I posted a bad scorecard, and I apologize to anyone. But the thing is, Marcel, I don't know why I'm apologizing, because I think there's too many people out there that think that we actually affect the fights. And I didn't realize that. I always looked at MA decisions as just a resource. It's a resource for, especially journalists, if I'm doing an article on a bad decision, I look to see what the, the media scored. Or. People think that we actually had an effect on the fight. So I was like, screw it. It's not worth it. So... Oh, that's all I was gonna say. But as far as the fight goes, any any thoughts on this ugly fight? It was a boring fight. Yeah, man, fight wasn't that great. Um, round one for Antonio Carlos Jr., second for Tavares, third yeah. for Tavares. Wasn't a great fight. Let's move on, man. Sure. <laughs> I just wanted to explain myself, man. Yeah, you, definitely. You wanted, to, you wanted to hear as well, but yeah, I, yeah. I really hate making a story about myself, guys. That's not a journalist's job. It's about the athletes and whoever you're covering. But I know some people were curious as to what happened. Again, I wasn't getting paid to do his volunteer job, and that's it. So, you know, it's let's move on. Um, next fight, Juliana Pena. I had her as an underdog myself. She picks up the third round submission over Sarah McMahon. Pena is uh, she is a good fighter, man. You know, I still think that there's a chance we could see this Amanda fight because we haven't seen it yet. 
So do you think it happens next year? Like, do you think she needs one more win? Like, what do you think? I know what they're going to do, man. I honestly think maybe Amanda Nunez uh, retires after uh, Megan Anderson fight. I mean, yeah. and then they can do Holly Holm, Jermaine Duran and me for the title over there. And the winner of that one maybe gets Pena or Aspen Ladd. So, I don't know. I don't think Pena deserves a title shot at all at this moment. Yeah, I mean, she just lost to Duran and me. The only thing is it's a fresh matchup, right? She yeah. hasn't fought Amanda yet, so. Yeah, true, but. Uh, she doesn't I mean, deserve it. Yeah, no. No, she doesn't. You're right. But she's out there calling her out, and it, it was kind of interesting to see the response. At least Amanda responded, so she's, I guess, got a little bit interested. She wouldn't have responded if she thought it was a joke. Like, who is it? Warley Alves called out Nate Diaz. Remember, you didn't see Nate Diaz say anything. <laughs> Worst call not, ever. <laughs> Nate Diaz thought thought it was somebody else. He said Nacho Diaz. I know. So <laughs> probably didn't uh, know it was him. <laughs> um, next up, a uh, big upset here: Martin Pratchett defeats Khalil Roundtree. I scored it for Roundtree. I think I had the first and second form, I believe. Um, do you have it for Pratchett? Yeah, one and three. One and three. So it was the first round that it came down to, I think, right? That was the deciding round. I thought that the, the leg kicks on Roundtree did a lot of damage. That's why I scored it for him. But the judges were unanimous for um, Pratchett, and you had Pratchett one and three. Do you think uh, you think he saved his, his job? I mean, I was shocked he even got another sure. fight. He had three straight knockout losses in the first round. I mean, for sure, man. He he saved his job. So, yeah, uh, yeah he's uh, he finally looked a little bit better than he did before in his UFC fights, you know. And yeah. uh, his um, his coach is Dutch, or his two coaches, uh, Martin De, Martin De Jong and uh, Vincent Latou. Uh, and Martin said like uh, they have been dealing with a mental coach lately because there was something not he couldn't click some things together in the UFC and uh, he said after we started with this mental coach more things uh, click together and he is really motivated and knows he, he can do it you know yep. and man I'm always like let's see first before before we know if that's true you know because man coaches will always say stuff like this when a fighter loses three times like well now we're gonna win you know because now it's different but uh he did well man i mean um he got tagged in the second round by khalil roundtree but he came back and uh i think it was a good win man i had like i said at 29 28 good win for him and let's see what's uh will be in the future i think i don't think we will see khalil coming back to be honest yeah i think he'll retire too actually yeah. did he, he post it yet let me check his instagram i, I don't I, think I, he posted but maybe he did maybe he did I thought that he might um because he had already kind of been like on the fence about it for a while um i don't know what's with this guy man i mean he had some amazing fights in the ufc like the fight with eric anders that was like an absolute beatdown i've never seen but also the fight, yeah with gokan saki that marcel yeah how did the ufc ruin him after that fight they had a star in their hands and he didn't fight for like a year after that after the yeah. Saki win he knocks him. It was on the Cormier card with Stipe. First fight of the night, knocked him out. He didn't fight for like a year after that. They killed his star power, dude. It's amazing how the UFC can kill some of these guys off, you know? Mm -hmm. They get a big win, and then, like, after that fight, he didn't fight for over a year and a half. Or, or actually, got sorry, he lost, he lost against Johnny Walker in his next fight. But he's had too many losses now. You know, look, look at his record. Four, five, and one, no contest. It's not good enough, unfortunately. Getting down the last two uh, fights, actually one guy that did retire, Nick Lentz, he did retire after this fight against uh, Mosfar Evlov. Split decision, which I don't agree with at all. I'll tell you why, because of the damage. The second round, that's when the judge gave it to Lentz. The first round was Lentz, for sure. Mm -hmm. Third yeah. round was Evlov. The second round was the deciding round, but 
dude, how could you look at those guys' faces, the amount of damage he did, and say that Lance won the round because he had a guillotine choke attempt the second round? I think it was that Vlov's fight, 29-28. What do you think? Same. Yeah. First round was for, for Lance. Uh, listen, man, Avril, uh, Lance almost had him with the guillotine, but uh, just, yeah. like, just like the Grundy fight, Avloev doesn't give up, and he comes out of it. Um, second round was for Avloev, and the third round was really clearly for the Russian guy. So it's uh, 29-28 on my scorecard. I saw many people had it even 30-27, but I think 29-28 was the right score. Yep, I agree with that. And then finally, opening up the card, we had Amir Albazi defeats Zalgez Zumagulov. Unanimous decision. Uh, you picked Albazi, I believe. Good, great pick there. Uh, he won the fight 2-1. It was a close fight, but he won. I had a 3-0. Three, 3-0. Three to nil. Three, three to zero. Was it the first round that Zalgez won? I think he had a really late takedown. It was a close round. Yeah, and I don't agree with that, man. I know what you're, you're saying. Ever... I know what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. So, the, the commentators, Dale Corey's like, oh, he got the takedowns. He won the round automatically. Yeah, I I, like, that's even, a lazy way to judge a fight. <laughs> I, t I tweeted even about that. I was like, listen, man, all respect to the commentary uh, team, but score your own fight, man. I mean, I know. Uh, don't, don't listen to that. Uh, listen, you can listen to them for, like, technical uh things in between but don't listen to the score i don't even think the the commentary team should score in a fight in my opinion they really but, shouldn't because uh they don't like they there's there's three guys talking to each other so they get to rub their ideas off someone else that's the yeah. other thing with um posting my scores online when i when i do i don't look at other people say on twitter Same. a lot of people that are scoring fights are asking their friends what, what they thought they won the round and they're just going to do that they copy each other so you see a lot of websites all three guys that score the fight will have the same scorecards. They copy each other. I watch the fights. I, I I try to not to look on Twitter to see what other people say and get influenced. Um, in this potential, in this particular fight, I, I thought Joggers edged it out really slightly because I thought the striking was even and the takedown just edged it out like you know point minuscule point ahead for him. But it didn't matter, Marcel. He lost the fight. So, but I'm with you. Like, you know, I actually think that they need a dedicated score like they used to have. They used to have Eddie Bravo used to score the fights. He used to sit there. Mm -hmm. Remember, he did a good job too. So. I think they, they, they could use that, but they choose not to do that. I don't really like the three-team commentary, personally. I think it's there's too many people talking sometimes, Marcel. You know, I know that you're not a huge fan of the commentary team often to, uh, during the pay-per-views. I, I know you like the fight nights with Brandon and, and Paul Felder, but the pay-per-views, Marcel, I don't know. I think three, DC, DC acts like it's like him watching at home on his coach sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, I love Anik. Anik is good. Anik is a true professional. You know, he's great. Felder, I like Felder as well. He's good as well. DC... Not really, man. He's like the uncle on the barbecue who thinks it's funny to yeah, laugh yeah, about exactly. his own jokes. Yeah. You know, and DC is a great fighter. But uh, I always say, man, to my to to when I watch it with my friends, it's like um, uh, my friends like when DC was still competing. It's like uh, DC is fighting uh, the next paper. People say, yeah, great. So he's not in the booth. So, uh, you know, nothing against him. He's a good fighter, but I'm really not down with his commentary, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. That's and really, if you combine them with Joe Rogan, is even worse. So uh, yeah, yeah. Joe Rose, Joe wasn't there, thankfully. Um, you know, he's a guy that's kind of I think thrown the towel in Joe. He's just doing it for the money at this point. Uh, I love the guy. I mean, he's he's a legend of the sport. He'll be mm -hmm. in the Hall of Fame, obviously himself. He's a pioneer of the sport. But I think Joe Rogan at this time, uh, you know, for a few years now, actually, Marcel, I've thought that maybe it's time for him just to do his podcast and focus on that. Uh, I just I don't think he watches enough of the sport now to really uh, give his opinion on some of these fights. You know what I mean? Um, he knows the big names, but I'll be honest. When I sometimes the commentary disappoints me because uh, and not, I'm not saying Anik. I think he does a good job play by play. And but when I watch, I'm not really trying to watch. It's okay. 
in DC commentates, it reminds me of like uh, Faber and Snoop Dogg when they did uh, Contender Series. <laughs> and it's fun to watch. And if that's the way they want to do it for Contender Series, I think that's okay. But for the UFC, I would like someone that's more technical breaking down the, the moves and stuff, Marcel. And DC is good at that when he does it. But too often, he's the uncle at the barbecue making jokes and laughing at his own jokes. And I do – I really like DC. I've met him in person. He's like, he is a great guy. He's, he's an awesome dude. I just – I'm not sure if he really works too well at the commentary booth. Um, maybe he's better like during the, at the analyst booth. But that's my opinion. I'm not trying to bash the guy. I really like him. I just – there's too many times where I've watched these pay-per-views now, Marcel, when I'm like, can these guys just shut up? You know what I mean, Marcel? Yeah. I, I actually have to turn down the volume a lot of the time now because you're just three guys talking over each other. It's it's very annoying. Yeah. Any, yeah, any, just, any other uh, thoughts? Yeah. Was like, like last Wednesday. Wednesday it was pretty bad. But every time Paul Felder was talking, DC was going over it. I know, you know? it's, it's uh, too much. And again, I think you look at contender series, Felder and Fitzgerald, two guys. It's great. Yeah. Why do you, yeah. why do we they ever go to three guys? I think two guys is perfect for MMA. I don't think you need three. You need a play by play and a, and a color. Marcus says, I'd love to see Askren get a shot at commentating. Yeah, he is a smart guy. I don't know how much Dana White likes him, though, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I'd like to see him at least get a shot behind the booth or something. You know, Marcus also says, uh, he, this is talking about, obviously, the uh, the main event from Saturday. You think Dana regrets on stripping Khabib and, and making Conor uh, Poirier for the title fight? Yeah, I think so. What do you think? He was just banking on that that Connor was winning and come back and he can make Connor against Khabib too. That's the only thing. Uh, if Connor wasn't fighting and it would have been Poirier against Oliveira, he definitely would have stripped Khabib, I think. So, that's, so he was only banking on that fight. I agree. That's why he, Here's a great comment here from the South China Morning Post. And I mean, big ups to Adam Marcel. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I think that's probably right. John or Nick or Tom. I appreciate that, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, Marcel. Uh, as far as uh, the title fight goes. Yeah, you know, they were banking on that fight. It's actually funny because TMZ interviewed Dana last week and they asked him, like, what happens if Connor loses? He's like, um, well, the sport just moves, the division just moves on. Like, he didn't even, he wasn't even thinking that was a possibility. Uh, dude, he also said in, at, at the presser that uh, did it, when, it wasn't too much about Connor and that uh, Poirier get uh, underappreciated in this fight. He's like, for sure, I had to bring up Dustin Poirier in the interview because people wouldn't bring him up. I was like, no, dude, you were almost all the time talking about Connor. I thought that was funny too. He kept saying he's like, the fans are overlooking him. He was yeah. the one overlooking him. We Definitely. talked about this uh, last week, remember? So that's, that's crazy. Um, Anyways, the last thing on the card, the bonuses, Marcel Poirier, Chandler, Murdoff, Rodriguez, uh, the four fighters in the main card that got finishes. Only Pena got a finish that didn't get a bonus, but it was a late finish and a fight she was losing, I think. So yeah. I think they were good bonuses. There really wasn't a fight of the night. I guess the main event would have been if it had to be, but there really wasn't a true fight of the night, huh? No. Actually, you know what? Fight. I think maybe, actually, as sad as it sounds, it might have been the Evlov fight with Lentz. Lentz actually might have had the best fight of the night. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, I was completely okay with four before. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, but again, I'm one of the people, Marcel. Every bone, every finish should get a bonus, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, what's fifty thousand Dana? He spends at the blackjack table after every card, anyways. <laughs> That's true. That's I'm true. telling you guys, it's nothing to them, Marcel. Fifty thousand is nothing to the UFC. That's true. Yeah, whatever. Is I wrong for thinking Chandler McGregor's a decent option? It's a win-win for you. Dude, that's a great fight. I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, you could do that. I saw some people suggesting Hooker. I was like, I don't want to see Hooker versus uh, McGregor. Uh, it's a great, but I don't think the UFC is going to match up McGregor with Chandler with a chance that Chandler puts him away as well. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if Chandler wins, then you have another star probably. Yeah, think, true, right? true. So it's hard to say. Kevin Scott, who's next for Dana's big push? Izzy Francis. Okay, so at the, uh, like it was like a week before the end of last year. 
Dana did an interview and he talked about the three fighters he's looking forward to watching in 2021. Okay. Kamzat Shemaev, Kevin Holland, and Joaquin Buckley. Well, one of them is already down. So let's see what the other two guys do. I'm really high on the other two guys, Marcel, but I got to be honest. It feels like anytime Dana White gets behind a guy, he really jinxes him hard. So, yeah, we know he's already pushing Izzy and Francis, but who's the next guy that they're going to push as a star? Who do you think? Paul, oh, that's a diff difficult question, man. Um, you caught me off guard with that one. Um, that's a great question. Who asked yeah. that? Kevin, yeah. Um, you know, Diff Kevin, I think that Poirier could be a star. You know, I think that they want him to be. He doesn't really talk trash, but I think he does enough in the cage where I don't think he needs to. You know what I mean, Marcel? Like, I'd rather just watch a guy who's an amazing fighter. I don't need him just talking trash, you know? Listen, man, that's probably definitely an undefeated fighter with, uh, because Dana really gets uh, really excited when there is an O with the, with the losses behind it. So I see, man, yeah, maybe maybe uh, the, the, the guy at heavyweight says his name again. Um Cyril Gunn. Yeah, that's what I was thinking Rosenstein. too. I actually have yeah. the rankings open right now, and LEA said the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I literally have it open right now. But the thing is, can he? He speaks English, or no? Nah, I don't think he does. That's the problem. I think. I think these guys need like the UFC wants to get behind them. Generally, they want them speaking English. If you even if you look at guys from other countries like Junior DeSantos, he spoke good English. That's kind of why they got behind them a little bit. But a guy like Jose Aldo never did. You know, I think that these guys. These foreigners, um, you know, if they really want to make it big in North America, I think that's something they could they could uh, work on, you know. Also, Marcel, he asked a question, LEA. Do you have an update for Aliash Kebab uh, Kizriev, future opponent? Who is that? Is that the guy from – oh, he knocked out Spicely, right? No, that's the guy from the Contender Series who won against um, Shige, Shigemoto. He was supposed to fight oh, that's right. the tournament yes. yeah, yeah, on yeah. February 6th, but tournament pulled. So, uh, I don't know, man. I I honestly don't think he gets a replacement, but maybe. But I don't know anything about it at this moment, man. Who, who's the guy from uh, looking, looking for a fight that knocked out Spicy? You just signed him. Uh, Renat, what's his? Oh, good to ask. They signed him, though, eh? Dana Wade, they, yeah. they picked him up. And they picked up another guy in the card, Carlst too? He picked up Carlston Harris what, as what's well. Your, what's your thoughts on these prospects? It's, his name is Renat Fakhradinov. The Fakhradinov guy is really good, man. Yeah, um, yeah. That was a brutal knockout, by the way. Yeah. Crap. He's yeah. really, he's really good. Uh, Carlson Harris, he's more of a veteran kind of guy. He come from, uh, I think he's from, uh, is he from Guyana or something? What's his name, Carlton uh, Harris? Car Carlson Harris. So um, he oh, comes from, he's from Guyana, but he he lives for a long time in Brazil. So um, he he he's also a former Brave champion, I think. So um, he's pretty good, but. Uh, uh, the funny thing, what Dana said again, what always bothers me is like, yeah, we're not really not interested when you're at 33 or 34. I'm just like, dude, if this good I dude know. is good, I mean, what, who cares? What's his, his, Randy Couture was what's champion when he was. I 40. know. So I, I really don't yeah, care. I'm with that. you. I hate I hate when he says that because I'm like, like Chris Curtis was the guy he said that about, and he didn't sign him after he got a knockout. And I'm like, why did they bring him on the show if they were just going to say you're too old? That yeah. was bullshit when he used to do that. I don't know if they do that anymore because they don't really bring older guys, but. Even yeah. like Dustin Jacoby, when they signed him, he was like, I'm not sure he's 32 years old. He's really old. I'm 32. I don't feel old, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I know they're fighters. Yeah. I get their fighters, yeah. but heavyweight division, light heavyweight, they do last a little longer. Yeah, but also, I mean, also when he says like, yeah, you did great, but I saw your record. Your record was like 12 and, and 5. Yeah. We don't bring 12 and 5 guys in, but I want to give you – I was like, dude, did you saw the, the opponents he fought, that 12 and 5 guy, fought like far, four opponents, which are which were currently in the UFC. I don't know who it was anymore. Yeah, yeah. Currently, and I was like, 
listen, you'd rather uh, sign somebody who is 8-0 fighting 0-0 guys on the regional scene than you get somebody who is 12-5, who has five losses against legit competition. It's just stupid, man. I agree. I'm just looking at Carlson yeah. Harris's um, his topology, Marcel. Mm. Uh, interesting prospect, you know. He's got some nice wins, Marcel. He has a win over Wellington Terman. He also has a win over Michelle Pajaya. So yeah. This guy has some nice wins, man. He's on three-fight win streak. Could be a good prospect. Um, Jose Flores, hey, Jose. He says, thoughts on the guy that knocked out Spicely at UAE 15 and got signed by Dana. What's his name again? Renat Fakhradino. I'm just finding his uh, profile here on uh, – here it is. Renat Fakhradinov, right? Fakhradinov. 22 record. I remember writing about him last week. Guy's good, man. Look at his – dude, he's on a 15-fight win streak, Marcel. He has a win over Spicely. He also has a win over former UFC fighter Alberto Uda, Uda. Who, who had fought uh, uh, Marvin Vittori at one point. So mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of this guy as a prospect? Good good, good signing? Yeah, man. Yeah. Very very good, man. He has also went over Fanil Rafikov, which is a good fighter in, uh, in, in Russia as well. I see so, him, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, that, I think that was when Rafikov was 0-0 still. So that was in the beginning. Or or, 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 or Renat was 0-0, 1-2. But uh, that's a good fighter as well. So he, he definitely going to make some uh, some noise in the division, I think. Yeah, I think this guy is going to be pretty good. That's Spicely win. By the way, Spicely was actually in Andrew Sanchez's corner because yeah. training partners. I was like, oh, he must have woken up now. How is he feeling? <laughs> Let me get this comment here from uh, LAA. It says, where's the beat? Okay, so I'll answer that, actually. The beat, uh, right now, is just waiting. He's in a waiting period. It sucks. Uh, Yair Rodriguez basically is in trouble with USADA for a whereabouts violation, but I think he's able to fight in March or April or something. So at this point, so I think after Dana White said he'll fight again in the next three months, it feels like they're just waiting for that Yair fight at this point. What do you think? Yeah, they they're definitely waiting for the Jair fight, and I'm not really, I'm not really interested in it to be honest, man. It's a fun fight, but it's not like that's this fight has to happen. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. So uh, you can book him with somebody else if uh, Jair doesn't want to fight or doesn't isn't able to fight him. You know? I agree. Get a few more comments here. I'm gonna get this from Jose as well. I'll get to yours in a sec, Kevin. He says, "One mm -hmm. uh, FC signs a very interesting heavy prospect last month. Thoughts on their division? Who are some guys that they've signed, uh, Marcel?" Uh, they signed uh, Rourke Rourke. Yeah, he's uh, the big guy, right? Um, yeah. A lot of people are talking about him. What do you think of him, man? Yeah, he made his debut actually last Saturday or yeah. last Friday, but it's not going to be straight until Friday. So <laughs> I know <laughs> it's so stupid. Eh, the way they do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to him, man. He's he's a good fighter. He's on my uh, topology draft uh, prospect pick. So, um, yeah, well, I'm really wondering how he's going to do. Looking forward to that one. So, uh, yeah. Here's a question from Nick Atkins. Hey, Nick. He says, any word on when RDR is back in one, Marcel? I have no idea, honestly, man. Also, our... Uh, how do you say that? Uh, the things with uh, flying to some some uh, other countries have been more strict since last Friday over there. So, I'm not the biggest one know. guy. Is already is that Rudrig as well? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's right. near the river. Okay. Great. Okay. Um, let me get this card from Kevin. Kevin, can they book Shane already? Rose, Carla, you who cares? Pick someone. Let's go. I agree. Now Dana White's saying they're going to do it in China or Asia, so they might have to wait a while now at this point. I just want to see your fight, dude. Another fighter again, you know, talk about ruining stars. She hasn't fought in a year, Marcel, since the fight of the year. She hasn't fought since then. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, get this comment from Daniel. You give Dana a hard time. A credit to the UFC for not managing the stars and putting them in competitive fights in those part. This is boxing. They got McGregor Sanchez. He's right. He's not wrong with that. They do put them in tough fights. Jose Flores is Charles Oliver under a tough matchup for Poirier. 
I believe it's a graphics, no joke. Dude, he is the most decorated submission artist in UFC history. He's the most submissions in UFC history, more than Hoist Gracie. I think he's actually not in a tough matchup for Poirier. I've always thought he's kind of an interesting fight for Habib because of the grappling. But honestly, after seeing Habib's last fight with Gaethje, I, I, I don't think I'd pick him against anyone, you know? But Oliveira versus Poirier is an interesting fight because Oliveira's really improved the striking too. What do you think of that fight? Uh, looking for, I, I'm really looking forward to that fight. That's a fight that should happen anytime soon. You know, that's a fight that should be happen next. So um, I hope it happens. I don't know, man. I mean, Oliveira, Oliveira looks so improved when he started in the UFC. You know, when he was still young, he got knocked out by some some weird kind of stuff. Sometimes looked like he he didn't want to go through. But uh, lately, he looked very good, man. So uh, I yeah, really, he's incredible. I really want to. I, I want to see this fight. This is the fight that should happen. I love when a guy like this just kind of emerges out of nowhere because I'll be honest, I've watched him for over 10 years. He had some great performances over the years with the submissions and everything, but too often than not, he was the guy quitting in his fights. When he fought Cub Swanson, got punched in the eye and fell down in Toronto. I saw that fight. When he fought Max in, in uh, Saskatchewan, says neck hurt, and then the next day he was fine. He had these weird mental lapses in his fights. He's not that guy anymore. He's a completely different fighter now. He's just mentally tougher. I think that's the biggest difference. I think that's an interesting fight. Poirier, actually, the odds are out for that fight. Poirier's favored, but it's not by that much. It'd be a good fight. Um, one other thing I forgot to ask you about, Marcel, earlier was uh, Dana White going after these uh, illegal streamers. He, he's got one. He said he got one. I believe the website's MMA Crack Streams, if I'm not mistaken. That website was the one that people have told me is the one that he had um, targeted. I don't know for sure if that's the truth, but from what I've heard, that's the website he was targeting, which I don't think is operational anymore, so it must have been. Do you think you can actually like get these guys? Because the thing is, Marcel, when he closes down one, another guy will open up a site, right? Like it's never ending. What do you think? Hey man, I know people who watch illegal streams last Saturday, so <laughs> it's definitely they're, they're I, I, yeah. I mean, I can, I can I can watch it for free on, on cable TV. So oh, in, I mean, in Netherlands, you guys yeah. are because it's in the middle of the night, right? Yeah, so <laughs> we can we can watch it, man. So uh, we don't where, have where, to pay where do you watch on on BT Sport or is it? Uh, it's SBS Nine. Is this? It's it's, uh, Veronica has the has the rights, but the SBS Nine they broadcast it on when it's at night. So uh, if it's not at night, then uh, we get it on uh, on the internet stream. We can watch it, which sucks because their internet stream sucks. And uh, that's a beautiful thing with with um, when it's not a pay-per-view, you know? If it's not a pay-per-view, we can also watch it on Fight Pass. But if it's a pay-per-view, you have to pay extra 25 bucks on Fight Pass, but we get it on SBS9. So that works. Yeah. I can just watch it on my TV. It's full HD, so it's nice. That's not bad. So what time do you go to bed at after the card? Like, did you go to bed at like 10 a.m. or something? Man, it was uh, 7.30. 7.30, when yeah. I, when I lo- 7.30 a.m. when I was in my bed. So do you like, do you have a nap before the card starts? To no, uh, never. No, you stay up the whole night, eh? I stay up the whole wow. night. And, and I was up on, how late? I think 11.50 a.m. again because my favorite team was playing at 12.15. Fair so. enough. And, you know what? I'm like Marcel. <laughs> I don't sleep much at all. I really don't sleep much, unfortunately. But uh, that's tough to do. I got pull. I hate pulling all nighters, man. There's not for me. I just stay up really late. Uh, Jose Flores, last. This is the last question I'm going to take, guys, because I want to talk about something with Marcelo before we get out of here. Um, he says, "Don't you think Zhang versus Yan makes sense?" I would like to see that fight too, but I think they want Yan uh, Yan to get one more win. But I'm very high on her myself. They want that fight to be in China, and right now it's not possible. I think to to make that in China. Yeah, I think so China's kind of, locked down, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and when they talk about doing the card in Asia, I'm assuming they meant Macau at that same casino where they did yeah. the fight with uh, Kong Lee and Bisping, I would assume, right? So that's my guess. That they also did uh, Safedin against... Yeah, uh, Lim, which was an yeah. incredible fight. Ta- Tarek Safedin versus Hungry Lim. 
What happened to Hong Yu Lim? That guy was amazing. He just got knocked out and started sucking. Okay, two last things, Marcel. We got like five right. minutes. We're not much uh, time to talk about this. I want. I'm going to actually go through the fight announcements probably tomorrow or Thursday. If you want to join me again, Marcel, let me know. But I'm going to go through your page either tomorrow or Thursday for mm-hmm. all the other fights. Now, two quick fights which you didn't have on your page. Number one, this is because it's a boxing match, but it was. Uh, it's not official, but Manny Pacquiao versus Ryan Garcia. What are your thoughts on this matchup? My knowledge on boxing. I understand. You know Manny Pacquiao, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But I you know Ryan Garcia? Do you, are you no. familiar? Okay, I, I so, know him from name, but I never yeah, saw him So fight. he's the guy calling out Henry Cejudo. He wants to transition to MMA okay, yeah. uh, in four years. He's 22 years old, I believe, right now. I think he's 21 and 0. He's uh, on a five-fight win streak by knockout. He's good. He's he's a big star. Dude, I actually, it's, you know what's crazy? I was looking at their Twitter uh, Instagrams. He has 8.5 million followers on Instagram. Manny only has 6 million. He has more followers than Manny Pacquiao. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Because Manny's a global superstar, especially in the Philippines. Manny's 42 years old against a 22-year-old guy. This fight really doesn't make sense. It's just funny how they announced it, Marcel. As soon as Connor got knocked out, they announced this fight. Eh? Isn't that funny, Marcel? Okay, you, know they're, uh, you know they're waiting to see what happened in yeah. that fight. And one other fight here, uh, Brett announced this one. Um, so the UFC, <laughs> Dana White told him and said, go, go break the news for this one, Marcel. Tyrone Woodley versus Vicente Luque. Um, I like this matchup a lot. I'm a huge fan of Vicente Luque. I love him. Um, he's super, super aggressive. The comments on the the, the Facebook page, they think Woodley's are going to get pressed against the fence and uh, outboxed again and lose the decision and get cut. What do you think? Man, I mean, we saw Woodley how he fought lately. If he fights again like that, he's going to lose again. Yeah, yeah. I pick against him every fight too, man. All three of his fights in his losing skin, I picked against him. He's just not the same guy anymore. No killer right. instinct whatsoever, Marcel. He's got no aggressiveness. He just stand- – it's like – you remember when he fought Rory McDonald? Yeah. It's just like that. That's how he looks now. Like the guy who beat Wonderboy and, and Darren Till and uh, uh, Dong Kim and a few other guys, that guy's gone. Yeah, no idea what happened. It's weird, right? He just like fell off the face of the earth kind of in a yeah. way. Um, but, he, you know, to be, let's be fair to Woodley. He lost to three of the top five guys. Let's be fair to him. True, true. I, I actually think Luke has a good chance to win. I'm curious to see the odds. I hope Woodley's uh, uh, Luke is an underdog. That'd be nice. All right, Marcel, I think that's it for today's podcast. Everyone who sent a question in, we've got a lot of them today. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Marcel, thanks again, man, for joining me. Uh, you, Marcel, you let me know when you want to come back on. I'll be doing a show tomorrow and Thursday. Right now it's solo, so if you're welcome to come on anytime you want. Um, there's no UFC card this week, obviously. There is a uh, LFA card, though, so that's something to talk about later in the week. By the way, there's no Bellator card. They haven't announced anything, which blows my mind at this point. Anyways, please please plug your, if you want to answer that, go feel free to and then plug yourself. Yeah, I, I will do by the way a giveaway for the glory card on Saturday. So uh it's a pay-per-view code, it's from Fry TV, it's worth 25 bucks. So if you awesome. want to be it's uh, just it's just a retweet, you know, you have to do it and and the like on, on the on the tweet, that's it. Um you don't ask them to follow you either? You don't ask them to follow nah, you? No, I, I, I like listen. I respect you so much for saying no. People who do that are so, such assholes when they're like, follow me, and then you might win 10 bucks or something. The only, the only thing is like, um, the, uh, the when uh, I did this, uh, what's it? Uh, this is a collaboration with Fight TV, right? Right. So uh, Fight TV said, like, you can ask for the, I said, I don't like to ask for a follow. I asked them to follow you guys because you 
pretty much giving it away with me, but I'm not going to ask myself for followers. Let's if people want to follow me, they yeah. can follow me. If they don't want to, they don't have to. I respect you know? that. So plug yourself in the scale here. Okay. Big Marcel 24, Twitter, Instagram, MMADNA.nl for articles, whatever you want to uh, watch. There are some interviews with uh, my colleague St Stefan on it with some glory fighters. It's in Dutch. So if you're not Dutch, it doesn't really make sense to watch it for you. But okay, that's it. Thanks for having me again, Adam. No, I appreciate you joining me, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin, right up on the screen there, podcast, MAodsMartin.com, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, everywhere you can get your podcast. Trying to grow it. Appreciate all the live viewers today. Really appreciate it. I'm also available, obviously, at BJPen.com and MMARings.net. I'm not with Odds.com any longer. Thanks for them for the opportunity. just didn't work out for me, but everywhere else, I'm the same. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., guys. Have a great day.